of Shakespeare's Hamlet with me, your host, Connor Hamerty. After last week's detour into some lines of text that may have proved too problematic for an England with a Danish queen, we are back on track. Hamlet is still needling Guildenstern and Rosencrantz, and they're still maintaining the charade of having come to see their dear, beloved Hamlet of their own accord. It's worth bearing in mind that all of this encounter is taking place in prose rather than verse. There's a base layer of artifice and even discomfort in the very language that they are all speaking. Hamlet is still utterly unconvinced, and he asks again, But in the beaten way of friendship, what make you at Elsinore? In other words, rather than any formal language, but on the well-trodden path or beaten, familiar way that should exist between friends, what are you doing here? He's using the friendship they profess as a way of manipulating them. Come on, lads, he's saying, if we really are friends, just tell me the truth. Rosengrantz replies, to visit you, my lord, no other occasion. He's really sticking to the story. Now Hamlet lays it on pretty thick. Beggar that I am, I am even poor in thanks, but I thank you, and sure, dear friends, my thanks are too dear a halfpenny. Were you not sent for? Is it your own inclining? Is it a free visitation? Come, deal justly with me. Come, come, nay, speak. He's emphasising his comparatively low position at court, and indeed that he doesn't even have thanks enough to thank them for this kind visit. His thanks, he feels, aren't even worth half of a penny. Or perhaps his thanks aren't worth whatever pennies they are getting paid for their having come here, since he really believes there's something more going on. He switches immediately again, questioning them. Were you sent for? Is it your own inclining or choice? Is it a free visitation, or are they here at someone else's command? He's woven in so many deft images here, of beggars, money, free versus paid. And these all resonate and give us, the listeners, a clear sense that he knows well that his cheap friends are only here because someone has paid them to be. Next, he tries the direct route again. Come, deal justly with me. Tell me the truth. Come on, come, come, nay, speak. But it doesn't seem to work. The two seem absolutely convinced that their storyline of just having come to visit Hamlet is credible enough. In a scene that has so many references to and discussions of acting and performance, the best of them yet to come, I should say. I suppose it's only natural that Shakespeare would find a way to include some very unconvincing performances in the mix. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern aren't really very good liars. The latter now responds, giving his best fake incredulity. What should we say, my lord? Hamlet is getting exasperated. Why, anything but to the purpose. You were sent for and there is a kind of confession in your looks which your modesties have not craft enough to colour. I know the good king and queen have sent for you. Previous readings of these lines 
have suggested that Hamlet's asking them to reply with anything so long as it's to the purpose. Personally, I'm inclined to agree with the helpful notes in the newest Arden edition, which suggest, instead, that he's being very sarcastic here. His point, therefore, is that these two twits will answer with anything but the point. It's a better launch into the rest of this little speech, and it allows the emotions to escalate. He's annoyed at their protestations, and he's losing patience. You were sent for, he says, because there is a kind of confession in your looks which your modesties have not craft enough to colour. In other words, I can see that you're lying, because you're not even good enough liars to cover up the shame of it. He knows, as we all do, that the good king and queen have sent for them. Their sarcasm, of course, of saying good, also matches the sarcastic reading of the beginning of this line. Rosencrantz, who seems never, ever likely to give up, keeps the flag flying. To what end, my lord? Why on earth would the king and queen have sent for us to come visit you? Bemused, friendly face, fake, sympathetic smile. Hamlet is fed up, and now he brings out the big guns. That you must teach me. But let me conjure you by the rights of our fellowship, by the consonancy of our youth, by the obligation of our ever-preserved love, and by what more dear a better proposer could charge you withal. Be even and direct with me, whether you were sent for or no. He's saying, you have to tell me why the king and queen have set you upon me. Here Hamlet really tries to guilt them into telling him the truth. In short order, he uses every possible kind of oath to urge them to tell the truth. He conjures them, a word now associated with magic or even witchcraft, but whose etymology means to oblige by oath. He's guilt-tripping Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, and obliges them by the rights of their fellowship. Whatever friendship there is between them should insist that they tell him the truth. The consonancy of our youth comes next, all the time that they've spent together since they were young, the obligation of our ever-preserved love, this love that has remained between us all this time. And then, again being humble, by what more dear a better proposer could charge you with all? Having invoked everything that he can in terms of the friendship between them, he doubles down and conjures them by anything and everything that a better proposer of oaths might be able to charge them with. He's insisting, for all these reasons, that they be even and direct with him. Were they sent for, or not. Of course, the far more intelligent Hamlet has backed them into a corner. For all of the friendship they keep professing, all the, oh, we're just here to see you, dear friend, he has manipulated them by that very friendship, insisting on the truth behind their visit. There's not really a lot that they can say, but to find out what response the two are going to cook up, you'll have to tune in to the next episode. Thank you, as ever, for tuning in. And thank you indeed to those of you who've been kind enough to rate the podcast in the iTunes store. It's a very helpful way to get the word out. As ever, there are extra features on the website, thehamletpodcast.com, and you can follow on Twitter or on Facebook for a variety of Hamlet and Shakespeare-related extra features and tweets and so on. I'll talk to you next week.